We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. What's up, Jack? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, mate. The Nets uh, were in the playoffs until the Detroit Pistons beat the Memphis Grizzlies, but uh, it was fun while it lasted. Yes, it was, and I had a ton of fun tonight. Jack and I attended the game. The Nets picked up the W to start the new year, 126-121. A lot of fun, Jack. What were your thoughts on this one? Oh, it was just the perfect game to sort of attend, Nick. You know, the offensive explosion from both teams, getting to do a couple of pregame periscopes for OTD Basketball and your personal Twitter page, bumping into D-Rock, the one and only demand himself after the game. It was a, a very memorable experience and one that I will cherish for a very, very long time. Yeah, definitely. It was a really exciting game. Like, it was very fast-paced. Obviously, both teams scoring over 120 points. We saw Jared Allen block Anthony Davis. We saw Rodion's block Anthony Davis. The Nets were scorching from three, shooting over 50%, 16 of 31. It was just a really fun game and a good atmosphere. Yeah, really good atmosphere. Uh, the, the fans were, were really involved. It, it seemed to me, you know, I didn't expect it to be as hyped as it was. But I guess when you, you bring in a guy like Anthony Davis, who is, you know, an absolute star, Drew Holiday, who is awesome, and the Nets, who are fighting for the playoffs and uh, playing some really, really good basketball, it brings out the fans, you know, and, and the tourists and everyone. It was just, um, I, I'm not sure, you know, in comparison to, to many other games, maybe like the Lakers game, I, I heard the Hornets game, D-Rock told us the, the Hornets game was, was pumping as well but it's good to see that the buzz is heading back to Brooklyn yes it was it was cool to see the buzz in Brooklyn we literally were in Brooklyn as well at the game so that was cool and you know going through each guy before we break into it you know check us out iTunes blog talk radio OTG basketball.com netsrepublic.com dash radio and YouTube but Jack let's start with D'Angelo Russell 22 points 13 assists five rebounds and only one turnover and two steals one of his best performances of the season, Nick, and I think it's it's a little, you can judge it from a different perspective when you're seeing it in person and seeing those pinpoint, no-look passes 
those gorgeous little controlled bounce passes in person takes it to an entire new level. Uh, he gave us some real energy and he was the impetus in this entire game. When we started off super hot, it was D'Angelo that was really leading the way. And and the fact that I mentioned to you off the buzz, the, the fact that I've always wanted D'Lo to play his best games when we are playing really well and he is the leader out there. And that was the case tonight. It, it shows you that he can be the leader in winning basketball going forward. You know, his passes were sublime. His mid-ranges were sublime. He was shooting them over Julius Randle. He's got about five inches on him. You know that was going to happen every time against his former teammate, like you mentioned. A couple of steals as well and a block. It, he, for me, he was our best defensive guard out of him, Shabazz and Spencer as well, which isn't saying much, but um, it shows that he has made strides. And again, third double-double the season, one of his best performances overall too. Yeah, he felt like a leader out there. Obviously, most minutes on the team with 34, which is always a good thing. And like you said, Jack, contributing to winning basketball, where sometimes in the past we've seen him have big games and the Nets lose. It was good to see them get a W and him have a big game as well. Yeah, and he's impacting just in so many different facets. You know, two offensive rebounds out of his five as well. You know, the assists, obviously, the two steals in the block, and only one turnover to go with those uh, to go with those thirteen assists. So, I mean, you can't ask much more from a guy like D'Angelo Russell. I'm sure there'll be some fans nitpicking out there about why he wasn't out there in certain instances. But for the most part, you know, we're not going to obviously talk about Coach Kenny that much, other than really probably complimenting him. But D'Angelo Russell was just, you know, the the real steam engine or some sort of other analogy that i can't think of off the top of my head i'm too buzzed i'm too tired and jet lagged but it was a, a great game from d'angelo and uh, one that should hold him in good stead heading into the new year yeah and jack do you think he benefited obviously he was resting the milwaukee game so four days of rest do you think that kind of added to his game tonight he was a little bit more spry yeah, I think it benefited all our guys. You know, I think a guy like Demario Carroll certainly benefited from as well. But yeah, I think, you know, all these guys, we've played so much basketball. I think, um, was it the Nets have played like the most games out of any team in the yeah, NBA? they so, did. It was uh, at the end of the Milwaukee game. It might be even now, but at that point, the Nets played the most games in the league. So there you go. Obviously, heading into the new year, and there was a, a plethora of back-to-backs and such. And uh, I think our depth has really helped us throughout that stretch, helped us get through those um, winning streaks and such. And I think as well, our depth benefited us tonight and i think was the main reason uh why we won the game because uh the pelicans bench was uh, a dumpster fire yeah they were pretty bad i mean solomon hill didn't even take a shot in different times it just felt like soon as they were out there you know guys like darius miller tim frazier ian clark soon as the net saw them out there they were trying to force a switch and work them to the rim or got some type of mismatch that results in good offense so it was just a, like you mentioned coach kenny and the coaching staff and the players i thought from a game plan perspective did a great job of executing Five points, Nick, that they scored. Five points that those four players scored to the Nets, 19, 31, 49, 55. Five to 55, 11 times greater. And we've got a pretty good bench, but they're not 11 times greater than the Pelicans. But they've got some good starters at least. Yeah, and that was a major issue for the Pelicans going to this game. That's been some of their struggles with the injuries they've had. You know, no Nikola Miritich tonight. But overall, you know, I felt like the Nets – other than D'Angelo Russell played well, too. You mentioned Damari Carroll, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, Rodion Kurugs. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't amazing, but I thought he had a solid performance as well. And Shabazz. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie still got to the line six times. You know, Damari Carroll got to the line. Well, 
to the line seven times was a little less uh, competent. They're only making four of them. But th- there was just really not a lot to sort of, uh, you know, pick, nitpick at. You know, the defense obviously wasn't amazing, but, you know, the Pelicans wasn't either and allowed us to get the, w- get the win, especially their perimeter defense. And there was a lot of guys, you know, despite the fact that Joe Harris was negative 10 and Jared, uh, Jared Dudley uh, was negative 14, both of those guys uh, w- had some big moments. Whether they be big threes or Joe Harris down the stretch, who was probably one of the most clutch performers of the night. Yeah, Joe Harris's points late in the game definitely had a huge impact because that's when the Pelicans were making a run, able to kind of hit those backdoor cuts, get some easy baskets. Thought he did a great job tonight. And let's talk about Jared Allen and his defense on Anthony Davis. Obviously, Davis still put up 34 points and 26 rebounds, but he was only 12 of 25 from the field, and he hit a lot of difficult shots, which we know he can do. Yeah, Ed Davis is uh, pretty good at this game. Um, I know that you guys sort of chatted about you know, the top five players and James Harden and Anthony Davis. Where does he sort of rank in that conversation? Um, he's one of the best players that I've ever seen play live. You know, it's not obviously a large sample size, but I thought Jared Allen and Ed Davis, like we sort of chatted about when we were you know, just chatting in general about the game, were a nice sort of combination to sort of throw at him. You know, the physicality of a guy like Ed Davis and, and, the, and the athleticism that a guy like Jared Allen has. You know, blocked him twice. You know, add it to the list. You know, I'm, I'm, we, we might need to start writing it on the wall. I know the Brooklyn Nets has, have started um, doing some very nice social media stuff in relation to it. But he blocked him twice. Anthony Davis, one of the more physical, more ta- most talented guys in the league. Uh, one of them was a, a little bit under the radar. The other one was a lot more forceful and led to a transition uh, bucket for Joe Harris, which was one of the plays of the night for me. Uh, certainly got my heart racing. But yeah, Jared Allen, another double. Double, double as well you know the the plus minus doesn't uh, do much for him but I, I thought he was super duper impactful and there were just times where you know other guys fouled other teammates fouled but he impacted the shot it's just like well if you just let Jared Allen and other guys were probably not making the right rotations but um, he's a special guy yeah, you could definitely feel his impact. And physically, in terms of athleticism, Jared Allen's probably one of the only guys in the league that can come close to AD. So obviously that had an impact. And like you mentioned, Ed Davis kind of gave him some of that physical treatment, you know, a couple fouls early, making him work for those baskets. Yeah, and I mean, the length sort of troubled Anthony Davis at times. You know, if he's going to make, you know, 18, 20, 22-foot jumpers straight in your face, Jared Allen's going to be there, who's the same height, if not an inch or two taller, then give those shots to him because they're not the most efficient shots. And, uh, I mean, obviously, there aren't many guys in the league. Anthony Davis is probably one of them that can make them. You, know, you don't want him sort of feasting down low. You don't want him taking easy perimeter shots. Um, he, he made it hard for him, but Anthony Davis is just so, so freaking good. Uh, but Jared Allen made his impact felt uh, nonetheless and you know, hit some free throws as well, got to the line a couple of times, four free throws himself. Um, it was a, a very good performance from Jared Allen and one that shouldn't uh, go unnoticed. And I felt like the Nets guards did also a good job of digging down to Anthony Davis in the post sometimes, just making them think and kind of putting more pressure on him. Yeah, I think the defensive schemes and machinations tonight were, were quite good, despite the fact that you know the percentages for both teams were quite high. They were making it hard, or at least making their presence felt. There was one play, obviously, we saw the Rodion's block, and there was steals. They were just making him uncomfortable at times. And there were times where Anthony Davis would force the issue a little bit too much. But again, he still has a ridiculous freaking stat line because, you know, if, like he mentioned earlier in the season where he has to play perfect basketball, I don't know how much more you can ask from me if you're a Pelicans fan. I know the Bird Calls guys will be covering this, but uh, a very, very competent win from the Nets and, and Jared Allen, again, a, a big part of it. 
Yeah, and honestly, uh, you mentioned Rodion's. I thought he was a solid game. Nothing amazing, but good effort. And Damari Carroll, you know, off the rest, I think it really benefited him. 19 points, six rebounds, three assists. I know we were talking about him being aggressive and driving the paint. Yeah, attacked with good purpose, was hitting that uh, perimeter shot, looked very physical out there. Uh, you know, D'Angelo found him a few times. Uh, the Nets offense, when it's humming, is just really pretty oh, to watch. <laughs> it's so pretty to watch in person because the ball just hums. There's ball movement and player movement, and then there's guys getting the switches and making the sacrifices. It's a very selfless team. No one really cares who's getting their own. Um, obviously, you know, it, it's just... Uh, a thing of beauty to watch in person. And when the crowd's bumping as well in Brooklyn, um, it, it's just really, really fun. And yeah, Damari Carroll uh, was a big part of the win. You know, probably one of the two or three best players on the night with D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, 6 or 12 from the field. He's struggled a, a bit this season, but he's still got the reputation where he knows he can hit that three-point shot. He knows he can get a few buckets. He can play, the, he can play defense. But uh, he's obviously getting on an age. He's a vet. So when he gets those rests, like you've mentioned, Nick, uh, it certainly benefits him. Jack, did you feel like the Nets were forcing more switches tonight and trying to isolate bad defenders than normal? No. It's easier to say in person, I think, Nick, because you can have a full view of the court and sort of, especially from where we were sitting as well, um, we had a really sort of nice view of, uh, of what the sort of communication was. And you could even sort of see Coach Kenny and, you know, drawing up his players on that uh, lovely pink iPad of his as well. <laughs> um, I just really, it, it's it seems like because the Pelicans have much less defensive talent in terms of, you know, they you have probably two of the best defenders at their position in the league in Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. But outside of that, they are super, super weak. So, you know, if you want to switch on to a guy like Ian Clark or a guy like Julius Randle or, or any of those sort of guys, you know, the Nets were, were hunting out those uh, looks. And by the end of the game, they were trying to isolate Anthony Davis and sort of drag him out of the paint so they can get some better looks. And I thought the Nets were really smart in the way that they were attacking and attacking the mismatches, like you mentioned. Do you think this is something we'll just see in the Pelicans game maybe a little bit more, or maybe it's something they're going to look to do more going forward, especially Karis LeVert coming back? Because we saw a good amount of the three-guard lineup tonight, something we probably haven't seen in over a month. Yeah, I think the the Nets and the coaching staff and the players are just learning to, and a, a thing we've advocated for plenty, is just to work on the fly and make plays on the fly and make the adjustments on the fly on both ends of the floor. You know, if there's a time to play three-guard lineups, it's a, it's a time like tonight where you have, you know, Alfred Payton and Tim Frazier, guys who aren't necessarily world beaters. Alfred Payton, Alfred Payton was quite good, but Tim Frazier was absolutely punished anytime he was out there <laughs> on the floor. And Shabazz Napier, you know, may have made a few mistakes, but he still had, you know, he's um, he still made a few plays, some nice mid-ranges. So I think it's going to be, yeah, and, and when you're, you're backing it up, you know, from performances like you did early in the week when you were chatting with uh, Matt and Corey, then you have to give him those minutes. He's earning them. And I think Coach Kenny's rewarding him. And I think that they, it's, we're playing each team on their merit, which I think is, uh, a really good sign. And I, it shows that, you know, we're not sort of stuck down to, oh, we need to shoot threes, we need to uh, attack. And if nothing else works, then well, okay, we can't shoot mid-rages. I think the flexibility of our of our game on both ends of the floor, you know, you talk about the, the zone uh, a little bit as well. Uh, I think it's something that is going to benefit us as we go forward because it's a very long season and you need to make those changes. 
Yeah, it's definitely a great job by the coaching staff too, developing all these aspects and not only having the different players, but you mentioned the zone. It kind of makes the Nets really difficult to game plan for because they can play so many different ways now. Yeah, and those are the sort of teams and those are the sort of, you know, you don't want to come up against because the Nets already, no matter what their sort of game plan is, are going to put up, you know, you know, really hard energy or always the coach's opponents say that they play the right way. That's true of the Nets, but they need to start playing the right way and the correct way. And they're starting to do that against all the relevant teams, you know, coming up against Memphis. Can we back that up against uh, after a really, really narrow, heartbreaking loss there? And then, you know, before we head to the, I, I believe it was the Bulls, before we head to the Hawks game ourselves, you know, we need to keep doing the right things and making the right plays and just hoping that if you, you know, put all those things in place that everything just falls together. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of building off the momentum too. Do you think it's important that they won to start 2019 or do you think it doesn't really matter? Oh, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, if we had have lost after holding the lead, I think it was more the way that we played and the way that a lot of individual guys played. You know, D'Angelo Russell's going to give him some nice confidence going forward. And, you know, to hang out with his buddy Jared Dudley over New Year's and wear those fly suits and bow ties, the new haircut, uh, the headband's still there though. Uh, it just gives you confidence individually and as a team. So, I think it, it it probably would have mattered if we had blown this lead. But if the game was close, but uh, again, I, I think that we've got the win. Uh, the, here's another new winning streak uh, heading into Memphis. Uh, and I think that that's going to, you know, you go on to get confidence heading into, you know, some away games. Yeah, I think, like you said, Jack, the way they played tonight gives you confidence and it kind of is going to help them for 2019 because it kind of gave you almost a whole bunch of different aspects. They were able to blow up the lead. You know, the Pelicans obviously made a great comeback, having Anthony Davis even with good defense at points, you know, and they were able to kind of recover from that comeback and still maintain the lead and win the game. So I felt like it showed a lot and a lot of development we've seen from this team over the first chunk of the season. New year, new Nets. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, you know, they are in the playoffs for a little bit. Some of the teams ahead of them, Charlotte got beat pretty bad tonight. They lost Cody Zeller with a broken hand for probably a good amount of time. Uh, Jeremy Lamb with a hamstring. You know, Miami's kind of picked it up. Detroit's still struggling. They won tonight, but the Nets have to feel pretty confident going to the new year at their playoff potential. Yeah, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but sort of posted the next sort of 10, 15 games for the Nets. And the the road ahead doesn't look too tricky or too treacherous. But, you know, we've got guys like Alan Crabb who are going to be out for an extended period of time. Trivion Graham had his first game in the G League. So he'll be heading back. Um, it's nice to have that depth. You know, we saw uh, Theo Pinson play some nice minutes in, in his uh, first ever NBA appearance, as did Kenneth Fareed. So we saw some good dances from Theo tonight. <laughs> man, that, that, those are those leg dances speaking of nick um i know your answer but we need to hear uh have it broadcast for the book and buzz <laughs> listeners um ja just firstly describe karis levert's suit and ajana moose's suit and then pick who was your favorites uh i'll honestly jack you're probably better at describing you know karis had the smooth maroon suit i think he had a black undershirt and then uh Jana, I didn't get a full frontal of him. I saw the back. It was like a nice gray with the rolled up uh, bottom. So I'm going to obviously go with Karis Avert here. But the rookie, you know, did did show some stuff. Oh, man, he is doing some stuff on, on the sidelines. He's obviously injured, but it's nice to see that he's uh, he's making his presence felt with uh, his solid fashion game. I'm always a big fan of the, the rolled up pants. It's, it allows you to show off either the nice shoes you've got on or the sock swag. I'm a big fan of sock swag as a Nets fan. And uh, I think I'm going to go with Janan only because Karis stole my, he jacked my own swag because for those that don't know me or for those that don't follow me on Facebook or whatever, 
to a recent wedding, I wore a maroon suit. And I bought this maroon suit months ago, tailor-fitted in Vietnam. But obviously, you know, Karis is a much more handsome and talented man than myself. But uh, I respect the, the the swag from both lads. And, um, you know, the Nets uh, and, and just the general bench camaraderie that we commented on following the game when we were just hanging out, Nick, is it's just cool to see all of this sort of, you know, gelling together and, and seeing it, you know, in the flesh is, is an even better experience. Yeah, it was. You could just feel the vibe of the team and how much they actually like each other compared to other teams in this league that really don't. But, Jack, I wanted to touch on the Allen Crab injury, you know, Rondé being out. We're not really sure of the timeline on him. And then Trevion Graham. So let's start with Crab. You know, we got the news before the game. One in two weeks, he's still going to be out. How much is that going to hurt the team? You know, should they be worried? Or, you know, when Crab comes back, he'll come back and he'll give them something new. Does it hurt the team, Nick? Um I don't know, to be honest, because the Nets have performed so well without him. And a lot of the sort of criticism throughout the season is like, when is Alan Crabb going to have his breakout game? Are we going to see a consistent Alan Crabb game? Is he going to shoot anything but threes? You know, he's playing some defense, but he's not doing much else. Um, Joe Harris has stepped up. Rodion's courts in his absence has been sublime. And you don't necessarily want to see Rodion's courts, you know, uh, have be, you know, put back as a reserve because he's just been so damn good and he fits so well in the starting lineup. So um, I think it hurts in terms of the Nets depth because, you know, as we head into this stretch, you know, there's obviously going to be, you know, minor niggles or injuries here and there. So obviously we want him back sooner rather than later and adds to our spacing. But uh, I think we've been performing uh, rather ad- admirably without him. So obviously we wish him well and we hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later. Uh, we want him to get back into some good form too. But the Nets uh, are doing good things in his absence. Yeah, they've been fine without him, obviously, when he comes back. If he continues to play well like he was before he got injured over those last uh, few weeks, you know, it would really add to the spacing, another three-point shooter, just another tool on the bench that Kenny can use. So, obviously, I think Rodion's has done enough to earn his minutes. It'll be interesting to see what happens when the Nets are fully healthy and they have, you know, Karis LeVert back as well. But talking about uh, Rondé, we don't really know much about his injury. Do you think that's going to have a bigger impact now on Crab being out or same thing, you know, the Nets have the depth to handle it? I think Rondé, where we miss is probably the defensive acumen that he possesses. You know, he has the ability to probably play on any of the opponent's best players. You know, if it was tonight, he probably would have taken, had some minutes on a guy like Anthony Davis and a guy like Drew Holiday because he has that size and switchability about him. Um, obviously, he does clog up the floor somewhat in terms of the spacing. And I think, you know, when you look at a game like tonight and the Nets, you know, shot 50%, was it something around, even more, 51.6% uh, from the perimeter. You know, if one day's out there, those shots, you know, probably be, become clogged up a little bit. So uh, I think there are benefits uh, to his absence. But at the same time, you want to have that depth and you want to have your best players out there. And he is part of the rotation. So he's not necessarily... Uh, the best player that the Nets have, but he adds value on the defensive end especially. Yeah, he provides something that no one else in the roster really does with his defensive ability at that size. You know, they might have better defenders on the team, but he has something at that size and that wingspan and obviously the energy he brings. Now, Trevion Graham, we talked about, had his first G League game tonight, you know, back with the Long Island Nets. Do you think, when do you think we'll see him? In the next few weeks or sooner? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's really anyone's guess, Nick. If we had any of our sort of insiders like a Brian Fonseca on, he'd probably be saying your guess is as good as mine as well. Um, so I'll go with the rough estimate, the rough estimate of a week. 
Uh, but the long-term view of it, no later than maybe two weeks because it depends on where this team is at. You'd probably rather bring a guy back at home who's coming off an injury. So is the next game we see him possibly the next game we attend against the Atlanta Hawks? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see with that. Um, but he is going to add something that was sort of mentioned in similar vein to a, a guy like Wonder Hollis Jefferson. We saw him uh, a, a lot in the preseason. He was closing out games. He was great defensively. Uh, he was a very good rebounder. The three-point shot wasn't falling as much as we would have liked. So hopefully he's putting those up. Uh, I, I remember you sort of saying that he's had some decent numbers at halftime of the G League game. So hopefully he's putting up some three-pointers. Uh, he's practicing that. But he definitely will add something and make the rotation uh, even trickier for a guy like Coach Kenny. Yeah, and like it's never you know bad to have too many good players. So he could provide something different, like you said, bring some of that defensive toughness and hopefully some threes. But Jack, any final thoughts on the game? I was at a Nets game, Nick. It's uh, pretty <laughs> cool, yeah, pretty cool. Yes, and it was a really good game too. Like we said, good atmosphere, great, and also a shout out to Sports Host provide us with the tickets. Great experience. We got to host two guests tonight. Shout out to those guys, Christoph and Charles. Absolutely, really, really friendly blokes. Blokes, sports hosts. Uh, Melissa, Gabrielle, Darren, all those people, uh, how they've supported the buzz and, and all the listeners to go with it. It's been um, a, a hell of an experience. And we've got to go to a Nets game, Nick. It's just, um, it, it's pretty cool. I, I like this stuff. Yes, it was really exciting. And also, like, give us, check out Sports Host. What they do is kind of provide international fans with an experience from that home country. So, what Jack and I obviously it was a little different, Jack being from Australia, but obviously a big Nets fan. And we we're kind of give them information on the game, help them feel more comfortable, and kind of tell them about both teams. So, really cool and definitely check them out. Yeah, if you want to, you know, maybe even spend some time with me and Nick, we might be able to host you if we're ever over here at some point in the future. I know I'm possibly making a move to new york at some stage in the future we'll have to wait and see how that pans out but um I, nick and i love talking brooklyn nets so you put us next to anyone and uh we're going to be fine and we're going to make some uh, nets fans out of them exactly and if you want to hear us talk more check us out itunes blog talk radio otgbasketball.com netsrepublic.com dash radio and youtube everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.